to CEO Money. I'm Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. All right, I have Brandon Stevens, owner of Brandon Stevens Motors and Stevens Enterprises with me today. Brandon, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, Mike, thank you for having me. All right. You have gone from, as a young child, selling pigeons, owning 10 different dealerships, 50 health clubs, steakhouse, a uh, handful of other ventures. And um, there's been ups and downs along the way. You've managed to overcome these difficulties and make yourself into a success. Give our audience uh, some, some, some in-depth background about you and then tell us where, what you're doing with yourself now that help other people. Okay. Well, first, thanks for having the show. I appreciate it. Um, You're welcome. I wish I could give you a straight answer for, you know, you know, people always ask how you get there so fast. But when I was young, I, I didn't have a, this grand plan on being a serial entrepreneur. And I don't even know if I'm, if that's my goal today to be a serial, you know, entrepreneur. I just started young when I was 12 years old. I, my brother and I saw an opportunity to, to, to clean snow off driveways in our neighborhood and we got, grabbed a shovel. And then we were so busy the next year, we, you know, we bought a truck for $1,100. And then when it wasn't snowing, that truck was just uh, sitting around, and I started collecting pigeons off of buildings and selling them to dog trainers. Um, it's just I didn't like I didn't think oh what's the need? I just saw that my dad was buying pigeons for a dollar seventy five from a from a guy that was collecting pigeons. I said well I can do that, <laughs> so I started doing it, and I used that truck. And I didn't have a driver's license. I'm thirteen, driving around the you know around the, the blocks you know with collecting pigeons and. Then I, then I used that truck and we got another truck. And next thing you know, I'm starting to buy junker cars for two, three hundred dollars and sell them for five or six hundred dollars. That led me to getting a job at a car dealership just because I was fascinated with that industry, with that business. And I, but my job was literally washing cars. I was the guy in the lot. You know, you always saw washing cars. And that was my sophomore year in high school. Then my junior year, I talked to them to let me detail cars because they paid you not by the hour, but how many cars you detailed an hour. And I knew that I could out work you know the hourly pace and then that was my junior my senior i talked to them to let me sell cars and it was a pretty big deal because i was only 17 and first month i was selling a month and i was addicted to selling cars not because i liked selling cars but because i like people i like the industry and more importantly i like the money that you know being selling a month paid um, so i was dead set mike when i was 17 years old that i was not going to college uh, I was, you know, I was an athlete all the way through high school. So I thought I could have, you know, I was going to play tennis through college, and, but I was dead set I was going to be a car salesman. You know, my mom, who's a school teacher, Mike, how do you think that set with her when I told her I wasn't going to college? I was going to stay home and sell used cars. Okay. All right. One of your statements is attitude is everything. Give our audience a flavor for what you mean by that. Attitude is everything. Well, the biggest thing about our attitude is we are in charge of it. You know, we, we get to decide what our attitude is today at this moment. Um, and if it's negative, I, you know, I have this light switch theory. Just get up, get on your chair, go turn off the lights, wait two seconds, and turn it back on. And that's how easy it is to change your attitude. And we are in charge of our attitude. And everybody knows there's 15,000 million quotes on how important attitude is, right? Well, our attitude is everything, but we get to decide how good or bad our attitude is. And that determines so much throughout the day. All right. Um Tell me what it is that you're doing out there in the world, because uh, you, you do more than, than, than Stevens Motor Cars. I mean, Steven Enterprise. Tell us about that. Well, my brother and I are partners, so he's a year older than me, and I followed him to college. And we kind of did a lot of things together when we were younger in college. I was 
I was more entrepreneurial just in college because I was, you know, he was more about the fraternity and whatnot. But through college, we, we started a lot of business together. Well, he graduated a year earlier than I did. And he came back and studied for the, for the LSAT and opened up a, and was managing a health club. Well, he decided not to go to law school and he ended up buying health club. When I graduated, I ended up starting one little car, used car lot. And then in 97, we kind of partnered together and we decided everything we were going to do, we we're going to do it together. And so that's when Stephen Enterprises were formed, even though we didn't know what a partnership was back then. It was more of a handshake. And so I took my half of the business and I developed Eddie's now, which is Brandon Stephen Motors, which my main dealerships are called Eddie's, Eddie's everything. And then he started Genesis Health Club and started expanding. When he got to three, it was a really big deal. And now we're at 50 health clubs all throughout the Midwest and like seven or eight states. And, and I'm in you know, I'm in three different states with car dealerships. So that's our core businesses, health clubs and, and the car dealerships. Now we have a few hockey teams, a couple hockey teams, minor league hockey teams. We have a couple of restaurants and we have some other things. We do a lot, a lot of real estate development, but our core, core businesses are health clubs and car dealerships. What makes those different than anybody else out there? us customer service our teams i mean i have i think out of the you know the first 50 people that i've hired that, that i decided to partner with 47 of them still work for us um and it's neat because a lot of those people i went to high school with it's kind of crazy but that's just it um and we've developed a really really strong team we are in the trenches with our team every day all right now you have a set of guidelines that you you've used over the years to make yourself successful uh, give our audience some some flavor for what you're doing. I think one of the statements that you make is uh, um, intentional goals are important. And I'm sure that the reason you have success isn't because just the two, two guys at the top, it's you have a whole culture of success. Yeah, thank you for that. But yes, you know, I kind of got infatuated with that word intentional when they put it in front of the word goals because Generally, I'm not a fan of goal setters, right? Like people say, oh, when I'm 27, I'm going to be a billionaire or I'm, I'm going to have all. I'm not a big fan of that because it's almost too intimidating for people. And they set these lofty, lofty goals and they can't get there because they don't have a plan of action, POA. And so I like the word intentional in front of there because it, it makes it sound like, OK, what can I do today? What can I do today to get to my goals? And my advice to people when they're setting goals is kiss keep it super simple okay it's okay to have i always say it's okay to have these long-term lofty goals but let's break them down and then break them down and then break them down again to a goal that i can obtain today right why not set a goal that i can get done today and then i can get done for this week and then i get done by the month and if you break it down that way then these lofty goals that we set aren't so far away because we start getting some momentum behind our goals once you start knocking them down and start there's a lot of there's a lot of power in checking off your to-do list or checking off a goal I have. There's a lot, people don't give it enough credit to how much power that is just to scratch through it when you get it done. For the young entrepreneurs that are planning on starting their own business, do you have any advice for them? Um, yes, the word entrepreneur, you know, is really never in my vocabulary. So I don't know if I'm, I'm a big fan of that word, but my, my advice to these young entrepreneurs are is don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to hear the word no, right? I mean, I wasn't smart enough to fail, to, to be afraid to fall when I fell when I was earlier. I just kept swinging at the bat. You know, people now look at when you fail, that it's losing. It's not. Remember that the most young aspiring entrepreneurs do not get there by just getting the, getting hitting a home run on their first on their first swing at bat, because oftentimes most young entrepreneurs that want to be entrepreneurs, they don't get to taste the feeling of a victory. 
soon enough before they quit. So my question to them is, are, are you ready to be told no by seven different bankers before you're ready to go to the eighth? Or if you have a mentor, or let's say you have two or three people that you run your ideas by, and all, and all three of them say, no, that's a bad idea. Are you ready just to walk away and say, okay, I'm gonna go get a job XYZ now? If you're not ready to hear those no's and to hear that criticism, then you're not really a young entrepreneur. Of all the things that you could think of, what do you feel coming from your perspective is one of the most important uh, things about making a business succeed? Well, Mike, that's probably the question I get asked the most, right? And I don't, and I, I'm not disappointed in that question. I just get asked a lot. And the answer is there is not one answer. There's not one thing. And my, my simple answer is it's all those little things that add up to big things. And I'm going to quote Brian Tracy and I, just because I, I preach to my team all the time, the winning edge theory. You know, the winning edge theory is what we live on. The winning edge theory says that the difference between the top performers or in the average, the mediocre performers is not a great one. It's just always a small difference. Top performers just do those little things better and better every single day. And most young people that want to start their business, they're not prepared just to gain just a little bit more knowledge every single day. And so if I had to give one person advice today on how to start your own business, I would say is, don't wait until your table is set. A lot of people want to start a new business. They want to get, you know, they want to get their dinner plates and their fork and their salad plates and their, their soup bowls and their knives and their forks and the teas and all that stuff. They want to get the whole table set before they're ready to invite everyone over to dinner. I'm saying you don't have to. Just dive right in. Quit thinking about it. Quit thinking about how I got to start this big empire and just jump right in. If you fail, fine. Keep going, but get a client. Get some revenue. Start, you know, start a mess by getting a revenue stream and then figure it out. Yes, getting your landing page and your all your social media and all those things ready to go are important, but you ain't got to spend a fortune. You got to take all your resources and build this elaborate website. Get some income coming in. You might find out that your needs are different than what you originally thought. Well put. All right, Brandon, thanks for being a guest on today's show. Good information. Thank you. You're welcome. Or you've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. Don't forget, download our app on iOS and Android.